Welcome to Hanover Sparks CEO Podcast, conversations on economic opportunity. My name is Paul Kretko, and I'm the president and CEO of Hanover Spark. Hanover Spark is a public-private partnership of business, government, and academic institutions working to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor region. Welcome to a series of continuing conversations with key leaders from those sectors. Joining me today is Jeff Disher, president of Disher. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for, for doing this. It's great. We, we really appreciate you being involved with Spark and your support yeah. and all of that. So, you. you know, I know that a lot of people on the west side of the state know about the firm, and I know you've you've now amping up your work and presence here in Ann Arbor. So tell us a little bit more about just the background about the firm and yeah. yourself. Yeah, our firm, Disher, started January of 2000, so about 16 years ago. And the backstory behind that was I was working at Prince Corporation, Johnson Controls, as an engineering manager and was not only leading my design team, but was working with outside firms that provided basically what we provide today. And I got to see as a buyer what I liked and what I didn't like in those suppliers. And I was also seeing gaps where they could provide something that me as a customer would like, but they didn't have. So like any good engineer, you're watching and looking for things to fix. And so that was four years before starting the business. So the time came when I said, we've got to make this thing happen. We've got to start with this idea, and I want to do something out there and, and bring this idea to market. We started up January of 2000, and it was me and a card table and uh, a computer from home, mm -hmm. uh, the classic start from scratch uh, startup. We hired our first employee a month later. Our mode of operation was don't say no to anything because we've got food to put on the table and and the other thing was do uh, with excellence the projects that are in front of us because those projects are our future. If we do them well, mm -hmm. we'll get more work. If we don't, then, right. then we won't. And, you know, it was uh, a, a risky startup. Um, I enjoyed my job at JCI, but this was something I just had to pursue. Mm -hmm. My wife uh, was not, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom, so this had to work financially for us as well. Before we opened our doors, one thing I want to mention is our mission statement, and that's something that I had written down uh, before opening the doors. It, we had to have a purpose, uh, whether it was just me or a larger group eventually. I wanted to give our organization a, a purpose beyond just jobs and just doing good project work. So um, the mission statement is make a positive difference. It's real simple, uh, right. easy to memorize, and yeah. it's something that we live by and our team lives by. Um, so today, how we describe ourselves is a nationally recognized product development and business consulting firm. And the national recognition comes through the Great Place to Work uh, sure. recognition that we've recently received, and also uh, a number of clients that we have nationally. Uh, most of our work is within the state of Michigan, but we're expanding our reach. And then the product development side is we work with products, we design them for manufacturers in the area, and then the business consulting side is through our talent attraction work and uh, our, we'll do um, business consulting with strategic planning, uh, helping companies figure out their product strategy, those types of things. I'm going to get you to talk a little bit about how you differentiate yourself, and I think you've done that already a little bit, between other kinds of design firms. The thing that struck me, what you just said was, you were a startup, but to some degree you did the customer discovery part for all those years before you set up your firm. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times people come forward with an idea, they want to start a company, they've got the idea, but they haven't even figured out if somebody wants to actually purchase the idea. Right. You were able to do the customer discovery before you stepped off. For years, that. I was kind of vetting my yeah. thoughts yeah. as a customer, which was a nice spot to yeah, be Yeah, in. interesting. So let's go there. What makes your company 
different. You've talked about a few things, but what other kinds of things do you think makes your company different yeah. from other the other design uh, that are Right. Out? I'd say one is that we have a full set of capabilities from concept vetting in the early stages of an idea, um, which includes market research and the business case side, as well as the technical feasibility of that all the way through dotting the I's, crossing the T's on a design that's going to be tooled or manufactured and, and all the analysis and design work leading up to that, as well as oftentimes uh, following that product or, or working in the manufacturing side of the world with any technical support a plant needs to run with. That includes manufacturing engineering, quality engineering, uh, ergonomics, machine design, plant flow, mm -hmm. uh, those types of things. Full service aspect, I think, is unique. doesn't mean that there's not others out there, but I think that's that's relatively mm. unique. W two other things. Um, one is uh, that I didn't see out there when I was a buyer was a firm that would take responsibility for what they do. I think a lot of firms come in and say, hey, tell me what you need and I'll do it. And there's uh, situations where we come in and we have to actually take charge, kind of like that emergency room doctor. You know, mm. the doctor is the supplier, but he's taking charge of the situation. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes we'll be asked to step into a, a chaotic situation or a situation where a customer needs uh, a lot of help. And we'll come in and say, okay, here's what's got to happen. Mm. And that's, I think that's unique out there. Okay. And then the third thing is with our mission statement and, and, and the people we hire and how much we focus on attitude is we come at it with a servant's heart. So we, we not only care about doing the project well, but we care about the people involved uh, at the customer, in the community, uh, and even with our own teammates. So we're approaching our work with that servant's mindedness. As I mentioned, your headquarters is on the western side of the state in Zeeland, and you've chosen to expand in Ann Arbor. So tell us a little bit about why you chose Ann Arbor. We see Southeast Michigan as a great area for us to get involved with. Of course, I went to school here at the university for three and a half years. I have a bachelor's and a master's from University of Michigan, uh, so there's some stomping ground effect here. Sure. But we see Ann Arbor as kind of that gateway to the Southeast Michigan um, industries. And so we set up uh, our office here, and Ann Arbor is extremely entrepreneurial. It's probably got the highest per capita number of patents in the state. Mm -hmm. I think West Michigan is, is second behind it. And the university connection is great. Uh, we've gotten involved with the tech transfer group out of the university. The other nice thing is it's far enough away that we're not bumping into each other from a business development standpoint, but it's close enough that we can drive over here in a day, mm -hmm. get six to seven hours of business in, and then drive home mm -hmm. and we're back with our families. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a real uh, strategic location for us. So Jeff, you know, one thing that would be of interest to our audience is how big of a company you are um, in terms of both the total complement of workforce, but also what's happening here in Ann Arbor. How many folks that you have here, uh, what you expect the plans are mm -hmm. uh, in terms of your, your growth here in Ann Arbor. Right, yeah. Our total company size is uh, about 130 uh, employees. And in the Ann Arbor office, we have uh, about 15. I say about because it, it changes frequently um, as we're growing. And we, we do have about 115 or so in the, in the Zealand area. And we have three locations, two of them are in Michigan, so one of the things that's happened recently is you've gotten some state support from MEDC um, to grow the firm specifically here mm -hmm. in Ann Arbor. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, um, that's facilitated our ability to expand um, mostly in Ann Arbor and some in Zealand. 
And uh, the way the two offices work together is it's very hand in hand. So um, we can support projects over here with some uh, expertise in Zealand and vice versa. Actually, we have some examples where our Ann Arbor team is helping us with some projects over in Zealand. So it's really matching up the skill sets that we have. And uh, because we're just scratching at the surface here, there's a lot of opportunity here. So the growth plans and expansion plans here are faster paced for us right now than the Zealand area. Yeah, and, well, so and one of the things that happens that people don't realize is how um, almost exponential some growth is. So you have a certain number of folks working here in Ann Arbor now, and that's going to grow. And when we say it's a sort of a doubling from, say, 15 to 30, um, that's that's pretty significant. It is, yeah, and which means uh, facilities discussions um, and what things do we duplicate that we have in Zealand and what things uh, don't we that may cost more money than when they were ready for at this point. So those things are discussion points that we have. But you're right, the uh, the growth opportunity here is um, exponentially higher than than our Zealand pace. Well, is there some projects that you'd like to highlight that you're working on now in Ann Arbor? Yeah, I, I can't give a lot of detail, sure. obviously, but um, we've got a couple uh, OEM automotive companies that we're doing some work with. One is uh, interior concepts that we're helping design and build evaluation uh, show cars with. So that involves not only the design and engineering, but the, the prototyping and building mm -hmm. of these concepts. We have a local startup company that's been successful that we're helping um, design some accessories for the handheld device market, um, which is great. A motorcycle company that we're helping design and engineer some of their new products. So those are customer related. Um, from a stewardship standpoint, the hands-on museum here has been a place for us to help them with some of their things that they have there. Mm -hmm. and, and we're donating some of our time for that. Um, a Lego league here that we're getting involved with. And then, obviously, with Spark, um, the Tech Trek, which was a couple months ago. And then we did our, our all-day Whiteboard Wednesday session where we had Spark vet mm -hmm. four companies mm -hmm. to bring to the area. And then we came in with a brainstorming team and helped out. So a couple different ways that we're involved in this area. Yeah, That's so nice. both from a standpoint of giving a bit back, but also definitely some revenue-generating activity that you're involved in. One of the things that we were pleased about and saw, and, and I guess in a sense... Uh, pleased for you was that uh, Disher was recently ranked number 21 of the best places to work in the U.S. by Fortune. Can you talk about the Disher culture and, and why that honor was bestowed? Culture for us is huge, and we believe that culture is the foundation for any company to operate well, for the employees to be happy, and so we focus hard on that. Um, I think a couple of things that allowed that recognition to happen is Again, a clear and simple mission statement so people understand the purpose of our company, and that's to make a positive difference. Uh, with a group of engineers, that means we wake up and we say, how can we use our engineering talent to help our clients and leave this world better than we found it? It's, it's simple, and uh, people get that. We have 12 supporting values, or we call them culture characteristics, that we often talk about. We tell stories. We recognize mm -hmm. people doing those in the organization, and we highlight those in our staff meetings. So. That's a key piece. There's, I think, clarity in those values and how you think and behave as an organization. We care for our team. We try and lift each other up. We try and encourage each other when we've, we've fallen, maybe. Uh, and we do that with our community um, and with our customers. So that I think just that caring attitude, obviously you have to work hard mm -hmm. um, and, and do a great work. And I think people enjoy being part of something where there's a challenge, uh, there's, there's hard work involved. 
and yet to balance the hard work you have to play hard or at least get get rest and relaxation as well so we celebrate people we celebrate their accomplishments we give them make sure that they're rested and ready to come back to work so if they've had a period of hard hours on a on a long project we're making sure that we're they're getting their their rest and rejuvenation so you know we don't gossip um that's one of our pet peeves and people know that that's something you just don't do in our organization i think gossiping is uh the number one killer of a good culture so we encourage people if you have uh something to say to somebody you you go to them directly in private and say it and we coach them on how to do that and and yet equally uh, if somebody's doing something great, you've got to equally praise them and, and lift them up. So it, it's a it's a way of communication that we foster in the organization. Well, I'm curious, what's the process like with Fortune on that kind of evaluation? Is it what was that like? Yeah, it's a thorough survey. It's, it's like a complete physical. There are 60 some questions, and every employee had to fill this out. So it took some time. It wasn't just a quick quick survey and um, regardless of how you're rated, uh, a survey like that will teach you about your culture. It will show you where your gaps are, and it showed us where we had some improvement areas. So one of the things that I was told about the fortune process was that you had 100% employee anonymously talk about that the company was a, a great place to work. That must make you feel really proud. Yeah, there's there's uh, was one of those surprising moments where we had not only 100% participation in the survey, but 100% of those people rated it as a, a great place to work for them. And so um, that's satisfying knowing that people go home at the end of the day and uh, feel good about the company they work for, they feel good about themselves. and. Um, you know, we, we focus hard on the culture, and I think that's producing that kind of a result. Well, then, also then what I've learned is that we talked about the fact that, you know, you were ranked 21st of all um, companies, and that in a subsequent evaluation, you were ranked very highly in terms of um, the, the specific field that you're in. Right. Uh, yeah, the professional uh, and consulting services um, slice of that. Uh, we were ranked fourth in the country. Wow. Um, that's of all size companies, which was uh, an honor to have. And then another one was fourth as far as giving back uh, to the community. So ones that we're, we're proud of and work hard at. Yeah, it's great, you know, when you are, I know it's like in our rankings a lot of times, we're ranked against every city in the, in the country. And so you, you'll be ranked against uh, people that have much larger sizes than you are. Well, that's nice. Uh, when you get when you get evaluated right in the segment that is your segment, say if we're compared to uh, a Boulder, Colorado, that means more or less than how we rank against New York City, and I Correct. think it's probably the same for you in yeah. terms of that. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Yep. Well, that's really quite a quite an accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, you described a couple of things that you've been involved in in the community, both the Hands-On Museum, Tech Trek, and others, but the company recently did decide to become, uh, you know, join some 60 other companies that are funders of Spark, and I guess I guess given that you were in the western part of the state and actively involved with economic development activities over there, how did you make the decision that you wanted to be a part of Spark, and what, why do you think that's important? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I believe that any healthy community needs to have strong economic development activity. It's the foundation for it, and, and you want a community where people uh, love to work there, but also love to live there, raise a family there, and, and providing that kind of community comes from economic development. 
I'm involved with Lakeshore Advantage over on the uh, Lakeshore uh, Economic Development Group, and uh, it was one of the very first thoughts we had when mm -hmm. we came here is, all right, who's leading economic development activity in the area? Uh, Spark was top of the list, and so we wanted to get involved. We started conversations, I don't even know what it was, two and a half, three years yeah, ago like probably that. now. So. Uh, and um, so it's very important to us, and again, with our mission statement, uh, we want to help in that. I think uh, what we found our relationship with Spark and with Lakeshore Advantage as well in both, both communities is that uh, your goals are the same as our goals. You want businesses to be successful, mm -hmm. and so you're going to do whatever you have to do mm -hmm. to help us, and we want to be successful. So that partnership, uh, I think, works. It's a win-win relationship. And if we can help you do your job, in turn, that's that's benefiting us back. So, as we look at sort of the the economic model that we employ here, one of the things is that at a very important segment, we see it as three segments. One is the business support activity, and that's the area that you're in. Your your company, its whole mission is to help other companies be more successful, and that's a key part of our economy that we want to nurture, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, there are companies that you described that are creating products and selling goods and services outside the region. That's very important to grow the GDP. But if you don't have the underlying support in terms of, again, with the phrase we use, business support companies, um, those other companies won't be as successful. Exactly. So right. you, you're, you play a very important role in our economy, I believe. So for, to close out, um, we always like to kind of you know, have you pull out your crystal ball and uh, tell us uh, <laughs> what you see the next five years like. And that's that's a tough sure. thing these days, uh, given sort of the, the roller coaster we were in the mid, um, you know, it, in 2008. But things have obviously moved in a very positive direction. So what's your what are your plans at Disher uh, yeah. over the next few years? I, just to an start answering that is we're a process-driven company. So... Um, whether the economy is going to continue to improve or, or turn downward in the next three to five years, we don't know. Uh, but if we can approach the way we have the things up until this date the same way and, um, and have a good, healthy process, that we're going to continue to do that. But we want to expand our impact uh, further, whether that's uh, deeper within the existing communities we're a part of or uh, geographically diverse areas. So we have two key strategies that are actually five-year strategies for us, um, and they'll have initiatives that rotate over the next couple of years. But one is uh, geographic diversification. So that is not only um, a physical office, uh, for example, but it's getting customers, clients, and revenue from geographically diverse areas. We don't necessarily have to have an office there. So we're, we have some initiatives in place that are driving us in that direction over the next five years. Uh, and then the other is centers of excellence. That's what we're calling it. So what are the key services and offerings that we have that we want to continue to develop further. Things like our seating expertise, whether it's automotive seating mm -hmm. or office mm -hmm. seating, uh, our lighting expertise, whether again it's it's uh, task lighting or interior lighting of some kind. Um, automotive interiors is a key one. And then any anything associated with consumer products, um, like I mentioned, the one here in Ann Arbor that we're working with. Mm -hmm. So those are areas that we want to continue to develop lab capabilities, knowledge base, and a customer base mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that geographic diversification, I think we're the, the benefits from. Uh, exactly. And so we're very pleased that you've made the choice to grow your company in Ann Arbor and want to thank you for that investment and thank you for being yeah. a part of Spark. Thanks, Paul. Yep. So, Jeff, again, thanks for taking time today. 
Um, I want to thank our audience also for listening and learning more about those leaders and organizations who are working hard to create the Ann Arbor region's economic future. These conversations are brought to you by Ann Arbor Spark. Ann Arbor Spark is a public-private partnership of business, government, and academic institutions working to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor region. For more information about Spark, you can find us on the web at annarborusa.org and also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For more information about Disher, please visit www.disher.com.